Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you as usual. Paul Fleming says, ATL checking in. And we have Daniel Ledo. It's too early for Egberto's daily assault on liberty. There should be a law against Marxist lies before noon. Oh, my dear friend, Daniel Ledo still loves you. Love you, brother. Uh, Bridge MCP. Hey, peeps, Daniel, it's noon here. Get a drink and deal. And we have Norman Reynolds here too. Egberto Willis. Norman, let me just tell you, my brother, you were a hit yesterday. That piece that you wrote got rave reviews from everybody who read it. Bridge MCP, Rose, and many others. They just love what you had to say. And you know why? It's the same reason for what I told you happened yesterday when you wrote that piece. And I didn't want to just throw it up there. I wanted to make sure I had it in the right framework. I wanted to make sure that it was done right. That piece was awesome. Everybody loved it. They saw the insight that went into that piece. Good job, brother. But, you know, what do we expect out of Norman? Even even Bruce Pollard said, hey, Tell Norman that was a hell of a piece. He writes in long sentences, but that's what we engineers do. That's what, you know, but you know how that goes, brother. Anyhow, look, we're going to have a great show for you today. Um, I, let me, let me first tell you guys, I'm going to show you videos. Roberto Luis, saludos a todos en Politics Done Right. I hear from Roberto every single day. Roberto is checking up on his goddaughter every day to make sure she's doing fine. I just got a call from her. She just got back from doing a whole lot of PT. She had some messages to tell me about uh, some issues. We were going to talk about it when I go out there and see her at 2 o'clock right after this show. But anyway, folks, we are going to have a good show. I want to let you guys know that if I have some hiccups today, forgive me. Here's the deal. Guess what? We are on the new computer system that the PDR Posse got us with. I don't have the, the microphone and stuff set up yet. I, I, I was up until 3.30 this morning making sure to get most of the software transferred to make sure and see how it works so that by next week we'll be all seamless and working. Bridge MCP, I will give Ashley our best from the PDR Posse. And, and by the way, so I want to tell you guys about what you guys did first of all. PDR Posse, here's the deal. Yep, there's the deal. Here's the deal, PDR Posse. I was up till 3.30 making sure the new PC, laptop actually, a high-powered 15-inch laptop, was all set up correctly so that we could do our first broadcast here. And guess what's the magic? Remember when uh, our former, not our former, I don't see him here. I think I guess we're too early. But when um, Michael Rudden said, wait, I want to put this on the screen. Where is it? Well, guess what we finally got working now? We can actually do it now. Check that out on the screen. That is what we were talking about. We have computers talking together so that we can start back doing what we did in the main studio, but we had to do it a bit differently, but it's working now. Those of you on podcasts who can't see this, let me tell you, the PDR Posse made sure that we could do all the screen displays that we did previously, that we can do it again, and we are doing it again. Now, um, I'm going to have to do... Um, what I want to do is I, I, I think I want to run the chat on the uh, on this other this computer as well, but I haven't figured out. I wanted to see what the performance was as far as CPU usage, etc. And the CPU usage is going perfect. So what we like to do is migrate the chat over to the other system as well. But in the interim, let's go ahead and get busy. Title of the show today. Let me get to that other screen. Can Democrats save themselves from defeat? Did they get it all wrong? Democrats must show that they won't be on be a status quo party. Are they doing what it takes to win or are they squandering it? Um, it's not the fault of the Democrats. Let me just, just first say that. And when I say the Democrats, that's what I mean. It's not the fault of the progressives. It's not the fault of the of most moderate Democrats. It's the fault of two senators that are allowing the plutocracy to hold America hostage. It is important that you see that, that you understand that. We have 
two senators that are bought and paid for. And the idea, I, I, I should play a piece. I want to play the piece uh, from uh, uh, from Manchin, and I didn't have it loaded. So while I'm speaking here, I'm looking to see if I still have it in the queue. I want to I, I want to play a piece that I played before, but I need to play it because of the context of uh, of of what we're doing here. Because what what has happened? is we've had a particular senator, Manchin. And everybody know that Manchin, you know, Manchin is bought and paid for. We all know that, right? But what I want to show you, I'm going to try, oh, that's not Manchin, it's Manchin, Manchin. All right, there we go. I want to see if I have the videos, uh, videos in the queue here because I really want to show you guys uh, a statement that he made and the piece that we did on it because everybody wants to say Democrats can't get it together. It's not that Democrats can't get it together. It's that Manchin won't let them get it together. Okay, let's see what let's see if I can find it. Bernie Sand, Joe Manchin, Senator from Porous Insults. Okay. Here is the piece. I want to play this first of all. And after I play this We'll take it on the other side. By the way, uh, my dear, my dear, my dear, my dear uh, Bridge MCP, this one still has the old typo logo in the corner, but you'll forgive me. Check this out. Senator Manchin is from the second poorest, if not the poorest state in the nation. They are completely dependent on government and they have not created a society in which the private sector feels a responsibility for the wretchedness in which it allows its citizens to live from coal mining and all these destructive natures, the destructions to nature, pol uh, pollution of their creeks. These people live in utter hell in that part of Appalachia, Senator Manchin's state. And he has the nerve to say this with it, where it comes to the infrastructure bill. Check this out, then we'll take it on the other side. You have a good piece of legislation. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Take this one. Let's sit down and wait what we can to the others and get what we can get. Senator, what we can get can done. Answer. Democrats just say they need a bottom line from you. They, they just need a number. Why can't you just give them a number? We're going to give them basically the needs that we have. Okay, they ought to be able to take that. We're in different places, but we want something to be done. We both want to help the people we need. We should be targeting our children on the front end, our seniors on the back end. Basically, a tax bill. We all agree that we voted against the 2017 tax repeal. Uh, our tax cuts. We voted against it. Don't you think that would be the, the uniting part to start to fix the tax code? That's why the Ocasio-Cortez just a short time ago said that infrastructure should be paused. As you know, that vote may or may not come up today. You're calling for a pause on reconciliation. At this point, does everything need the, to the be done? First of all, we, you've got a bipartisan bill that came over with 69 votes. You've got something that's been needed for 30 years. The other they have is aspirational. We'd like to help everybody. We need to look at that. The reason I asked for a pause, I'm still concerned about inflation. I'm still concerned. Right now, the dollar store, if you saw that today, breaking news on that, the dollar store is not, not going to be the dollar anymore. It's going to be a dollar and a quarter, a dollar fifty. An awful lot of people in West Virginia the shop at the dollar stores. That's an increase, a lot. So we'll just say, listen, let's do what we can do. There's a lot of good things we can do. And then next year, if they want to come back and do anything. How about those down today? Well, if the vote goes down today, it's, it's, they voted it down. I voted for it. I, I, they have to go back and explain. I don't think we need bridges fixed in my state. I don't think we need roads fixed. I don't think we need internet, water, sewer, rail, transportation. We need all that in West Virginia. So I voted for it. If they can explain it, though. What happens to negotiations today if bipartisan infrastructure does not pass the House or does not come up? It makes it, it, makes it more challenging. I'm always I'm rational. I work and talk with people. But the bottom line is it makes it very hard because then people get more dug in. And you don't need to. You've got a piece of legislation that's gone through the total process over here. And they've looked at that, okay? And it's a piece of legislation that helps America. It sends a very strong signal. It makes our economy healthier. It gives work, my God, full, full, full work with good-paying jobs for eight years. That's the, We haven't done anything like this. And then I'm willing to talk and work on the other. I've said that in good faith. 
the tax cuts or reforming the 2017 tax cuts to be basically the nuts and bolts of the reconciliation and then you want the social programs and all of that to be kind of negotiated um, out separately from there. You've got to pick your priorities like you would do in your own life. You, you figure what resources you have, how much money, and then things you really want, you can't get everything. So you take the most highest priority or the highest needs you have. Our children need help, okay? Families that want to go to work and there should be work ethic means testing means that you are retarding and the people that need it are getting it. I cannot accept our, our economy or basically our society moving towards an entitlement mentality that you're entitled, okay? I'm more of a rewarding because I can help those who really need help if those who can help themselves do so. First of all, aspirational. Is it aspirational to provide assistance to a woman so or a woman who in this society happens to be the major caretaker and have to find somewhere to put their kids so they can get a job that pays them a livable wage? Is it aspirational that in a state like West Virginia that you try to get your state more educated so that they can have jobs that make them not have to shop at a dollar store? Is it aspirational to ask all these questions that talk about the social being, that talks about humanity, but you're ready to build bridges? But you're ready to do all these things. And if women are the major caretakers of children and can't find somewhere to put them that's reasonable, that means as well that all these things you're talking about, infrastructure, simply goes to who? A certain kind of men. Folks, understand what he's saying. First of all, he also doesn't understand economics. He said, oh, the dollar is soaring. The dollar is soaring, which is a bad thing. The dollar store has just increased um, and said it's not a dollar anymore but a dollar 25 well no if you looked at what happened with the dollar store as soon they sell a lot of stuff from overseas if the dollar price is go is if the dollar is getting stronger those things they bring from overseas is cheaper and that's what they sell in the dollar stores and they are still saying oh we are going to make it a dollar 25 you know what happened on the stock market as soon as they announced that dollar store stock soared yet another way of screwing the middle class and the poor and then you try to tell them that is because of inflation folks understand how we are constantly being played it's an entitlement society but it's not the entitlement of the middle class it's not the entitlement of the poor it's the entitlement of the rich it's the entitlement of the corporation it's the entitlement of those who pay no taxes and that is what's important for us to understand right we've got to understand that we constantly get played here is mansion Manchin wants America, wants this. Manchin is from a state where Donald Trump won overwhelmingly. I want to first acknowledge that. All right. So it, it would seem that it's a conservative state that doesn't want particular, uh, you know, that, that want to have a conservative mantra. But we also have to remember that West Virginia is where Byrd was from. And they and Bird could not get unelected in West Virginia because Bird always brought home the bacon to his people. Now, here's the kicker. And this is what drives me crazy. And this is the part where we talk about. Uh, and if, if, if I go ahead and go to the to the part, let me go ahead and put that back on the screen, because what, what I want to talk about a lot here, and I'm not going to read this person's article but what I do want to do is use the statement that he made. Okay, and it goes as follows. How Democrats can save themselves. Let's talk about Manchin a bit. I really need to talk about Manchin a bit. Manchin is from a state where most of the people are in dire straits. Manchin is from a state where I think it's either the, the poorest or the second poorest in the country. Either with Alabama or following Alabama or Mississippi, one of the others. I can't remember which one. Okay, but they're at the bottom of the bale as far as economics is concerned. And he wants you to believe that West Virginia is going to be upset if he passes bills that somehow give parents care, that somehow gives child care, gives uh, breakfast in schools. All these things, he wants you to believe that that's some sort of an entitlement society. It's going to create an entitlement society that people are not going to like. 
he is messing with people's minds. Oh, but look, he won. He Trump won here. Yeah, Trump won that, but Trump told them the things that the Democrats are doing, trying to do right now. Trump told them that it's going to make their lives better. Trump told them they're going to, you're going to have good health care. You're going to have all these great things is what Trump told them. He told them that. Now Democrats are about to deliver that. And he said, oh, wait, 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 wait. We can't quite do that. Do you see the psychology here? He's not working for his people. He is working for the plutocracy who wants the tax increases on the wealthy and on capital to be less than it would be if we got the full 3.5 trillion. So how can Democrats come from the brink? Nancy Pelosi was just on and she comes on uh, just before we came on air and she said, well, you know, um, we really want, I'm still in support of the $3.5 billion, but we can't get it. So the consensus of the Democratic Caucus is we do a few things really, really good. And that's not to say that the $3.5 billion, trillion, we weren't going to do all those things well, but this is a consensus of the caucus. Okay. Let me tell you what the consensus of the caucus is bringing on. The consensus of the caucus it already, Americans don't know that the rescue plan, the $1.9 trillion rescue plan, rescued and took all these people out of poverty. And guess what they know? They don't know that this was done by the types of policies, democratic policies. They don't know it. 38% of Americans know that that check that all those people are getting right now is a result of Democratic vote and zero Republican votes. And guess who are the people getting it? The people in West Virginia, the people in Oklahoma, the people in Mississippi, the people in Alabama, all red solid states, which their representatives said no. And Democrats said yes. Do you have ads? I don't, you know what I don't see in Texas? I don't see ads in Texas that say, uh, we brought you the credit for, uh, the credit for your children. And let me tell you why they don't do it. Let me tell you why they don't do it. They don't do it because they are of the false belief that it's going to upset a particular sect of Americans that don't vote for them anyway, saying you're giving things away, which isn't the case. They make the case that you're giving things away. What you're doing is you're repaying for Slave labor not paid. But we don't write, we don't have democratic pundits. Hello, Rose, welcome aboard. Norman, you know, I didn't salute everybody that was here. So let me go ahead and give everybody a salute, then I'll get back into the action. Rose Williams, welcome aboard. Norman Williams, welcome aboard. E2247, welcome aboard. Breach MCP, welcome aboard. Roberto Lewis, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, quien más está aquí. Uh, Oh, I can't scroll. I can't scroll. Yeah, I can scroll. Daniel Ledo, Paul Fleming. Uh, welcome all aboard. Anyhow, people haven't got the whims. Al Rose. Hello, well, Señor Rose, mi hermano de Panama también. Anyway, so folks, that that is that is where we're at. Okay. So what I want you to know is, uh, I, actually, when I play the piece from and Norman too. Welcome, Norman. When I play the piece from Farid Zakaria, you're going to understand why so often Democrats do the wrong thing. Because they're constantly trying to find voters that are not there. Barbara Wilts, hi from Michigan. Barbara, welcome aboard. Thank you for being here. Um, so we have to remember that. By the way, folks, if you are on YouTube, go ahead and give me that thumbs up. Let's get this Let's get the algorithm going. And if you're on, on, on Facebook, please go ahead and give the like. I only see six likes with a lot of people on and only six likes on YouTube. Come on, folks. Let's get those likes up to help the algorithm so we can get our message out. Oh, wait, but continuing. Uh, Democrats, and when I say Democrats, please, I'm not painting the whole list of Democrats. I'm simply speaking about those who consider themselves conservative Democrats. They are in the party. Let me tell you why. 
and you've got to understand this. Uh, if we were to, if only Democrats ran in the Democratic Party, we will have a real progressive party that supports the policies that most Americans say they want. And then Americans would see the fruition of said policies and see the good it does for them all. So how do you counter that? Thank you guys for zooming that count up, but keep it going. Let me tell you how you counter that, how they counter that. You get all these conservative, they like to call them blue dogs. In reality, they are plutocrats. They are the, they are the, they are the serfs of the plutocrats. They run as Democrats because they don't want the Democratic Party too democratic. So what they do is these people bite their tongues and they run as Democrats. And then you get the mansions. Cinema is an enigma. Cinema used to be of the Green Party. Cinema is a gay bisexual, or rather, she's a bisexual, um, formerly, I think, gay, gay woman. Somebody that the, the right wants nothing to do with, but she's willing to serve the purpose of the right. And still. So they joined the party. They joined the Democratic Party to ensure that the Democratic Party cannot execute the will of the people. And how do they get elected? Those few. They run in the appropriate districts with the right amount of funding. And that's what does it. So here's what my word is. Yes, I am going to capitulate. I'm going to say, pass the, pass the surrender. I like what E2247 says. Democratic surrender by Pelosi just announced. Not good. Yeah, I saw it. So the deal is, pass the minute $2.1 trillion package instead of the $3.5 trillion that should have been $6 trillion. Go ahead and pass it. And pass things that people can see immediately, that they can see the monies flowing immediately. And as soon as those two bills pass, AOC, are you listening? Ilan Omar, are you listening? Uh, Rashida Talib, are you listening? Uh, uh, What's her name? Ayanna Presley. Are you listening? What we want happening immediately thereafter is we want to ensure that cinema gets a person to run against her and win. We want to ensure that all those 10, the 10 representatives in the House that wanted only the moderate bill passed, the 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 the, the Bipartisan bill passed, must be primary. We want, because, you know, already they believe that we're going to lose the House, right? So they think, oh, that's what happens on off year. I say we only lose the, whole, the House if we have no hope. And what we have to give people is hope. So what we want to have is in every one of those districts, I don't want a conservative running in this district that elected a conservative, Repub I'm a conservative Democrat. Hey, conservative Republican, what's the difference? What I want is a progressive, a very progressive Democrat going into those districts and telling all those middle class people, telling all those poor people, telling all those people that want these policies, go to them and say, this is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to work and ensure that they don't get snowed by those conservative Republicans. I tell you what happens with me. And I think I wrote this story. I wrote about this story in my book, uh, um, in, in the book, How to Talk to Your, I mean, Right Wing Neighbor. In, uh, as I, not as I see it, it's worth it. How to talk to your right wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. And it's a story about explaining Medicare for all. I didn't explain Medicare for all. I spoke to a right wing woman who was right wing and she didn't want public policy, all that kind of stuff. And I simply kept on asking the question, what if this did this? What if, what if healthcare worked this way? What if it, this worked? And she agreed with everything. And I kindly said thereafter, ma'am, um, I told her that I was one of these real liberal folk and finally explained that that was Medicare for all.
without really saying the name. And it was amazing the shock this woman had. The thing about it is we have two bits here. We have the part of people's minds that's ideali that, that ideological, not idealistic, ideological. And then there's a part that says, I've got to survive. I've got to survive. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, Rose Breach, thanks for the kudos from Norman. E20, E2247 says, on 2021-26 public date midnight in Washington, how we almost lost our democracy and still could by Adam Schiff. That's his new book. Yeah. Uh, likewise, you have Eric. Uh, Eric Hayes says, question, how can Biden build back better when his policy decisions encourage shortage of things like supplies and worker? Um, you know, Mr. Hayes, Eric Hayes, my brother, my friend in Kingwood, you are being a parrot. Explain to me, please, in detail, how did Biden's policies create a shortage in supplies and workers? You see, when you don't do deep thinking, the right wing can tell you stuff like that. And then you parrot it in many other locations. And that's how misinformation gets spread. Let, let's, let's break that down a bit because it's an important concept. But be, uh, and, and I'll talk a little bit about it now. And then I'm going to play Farid Zakaria, which is going to touch on that as bit as well. But here's the deal. We are now in an economy where a lot is outsourced. We are also a capitalist system. We don't want to give vaccines free around the world so that people will not get the disease. And if people don't get the disease, they can go to work. So we don't want to give the vaccines around the world. And we want to have Americans here say, we don't want the vaccines, but we want to go to work and we want to do as we please and infect others. What does that do? That means it affects the supply chain because people get sick, like what happened in China, like what happened in Vietnam, like what happened all over the place. So when people get sick, you affect the supply chain. Why is the supply chain affected? Because people get sick. Why are people getting sick? Because enough, because the capitalist system who produced, who used the public system to create these drugs. In other words, the, the capitalist system used socialism to create the drugs. And when they created the drugs, they decided that they were going to only give the drugs to those who could pay for the drugs. And you know what happened? That affects the entire supply system because you have sick people in Vietnam. You have sick people. Well, Vietnam did a much better job to, than, than protecting against the disease than we did. But you have sick people all over. It affects the shipping all over the world. And that's what creates the problem. So if you really want to look for a scapegoat, start with Trump not taking the disease seriously. Let's go back to the Obama years. Suppose Obama had not taken Ebola seriously. Suppose Obama had not said, this is a serious issue. We are going to send scientists to uh, these different countries in Africa where the breakout is happening so that we can actually stop it before it starts getting on airplanes and boats and ships and all of that. And you arrest it in the beginning, right? You arrest it at your shores and in the beginning. Trump said, oh, this stuff doesn't exist. It's a flu that's going to go away. Again, Critical thinking. Critical thinking is anathema to the right. And I'm not talking personally here. I'm just saying critical thinking is anathema to the right. And the reason critical thinking is anathema to the right is not that the right is inherently stupid. It's that the right is in order for the right to pill for you, they must make you inherently stupid. It's that simple. I wish you understood the concept. Folks of you, those of you that are listening on YouTube, please remember to go ahead and thumbs up, thumbs are up. The numbers are down on the hiring of people because people are not going to go to work if they are not in a safe location. This pandemic has given people the opportunity to breathe, to sigh. I don't want anybody to go to work right now who has a potential of dying because they have an inept policy in states like Texas, in states like Alabama, Mississippi. It's ridiculous. So no, let the plutocrats pay in their profits. Yes, it's going to hurt us. But you know what? People that are down, they don't have much further to fall. They don't have much further to fall. Anyhow, let me play Farid Zakaria. And then we'll, we'll take it on the other side. Because 
this is an important piece that that a lot of us have to take a look at so i want you guys to look at this we'll take it on the other side uh farid zakaria aquí está this piece by farid zakaria ought to be an ad for uh build back better because the outcomes the the, the out not the outcomes but what the results of these studies prove is that Build Back Better is needed more than ever. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. After an eight-month review of America's trade policies toward China, the Biden administration has concluded that Donald Trump was right and Joe Biden was wrong. You see, on the campaign trail, Biden relentlessly attacked Trump's tariffs on Chinese goods, calling them disastrous. Now, he has adopted those same disastrous policies. In fact, candidate Biden was right. Trump's tariffs did not work. China's behavior did not change. Highway jobs did not come back. And while the U.S. deficit with China decreased, this caused the overall U.S. trade deficit to go up. Beijing responded in kind, slapping its own tariffs on American goods. One 2020 study found that approximately 100% of the costs of the U.S. tariffs on China were paid for by American consumers and businesses. A 2021 study found that the tariffs cost the U.S. economy up to 245,000 jobs. Trade policy in Washington has become an encrusted bipartisan ideology driven by a set of unquestioned assumptions. But as Adam Posen, president of the Peterson Institute for International Economics, points out in a brilliant foreign affairs essay, every one of them is wrong. We've embraced the dogma that over the last two decades, America opened up its economy to the world and that American workers suffered as a result. But the facts show the opposite. Posen writes that the United States has increasingly insulated the economy from foreign competition while the rest of the world has continued to open up and integrate. He adds, the country suffers from greater economic inequality and political extremism than most other high-income democracies, countries that have generally increased their global economic exposure. Much of the impetus for protectionism in general and toward China in particular has come from claims that trade with China was responsible for about 2 million American manufacturing jobs lost, the so-called China shock. Now, it sounds like a huge number until you put it into context. The number is for the period 2000 to 2015. So the average job loss for each year was 130,000. Now, how many jobs do American workers lose in a typical year through the normal Normal churning of the U.S. economy, 60 million. Of those, a third are voluntary. A third can be attributed to cause not related to foreign trade, such as an employer closing or relocating. And that leaves a third, 20 million jobs, caused by external shocks. In other words, Posen writes, for each manufacturing job lost to Chinese competition, there were roughly 150 jobs lost to similar feeling shocks in other industries. Posen points out that only about 16% of non-college educated workers are employed in manufacturing anyway. And much of the decline in manufacturing jobs if not most of it, can be attributed to changes in technology rather than trade. America's manufacturing output keeps rising, even as the number of workers it takes to produce those products has fallen over time. And this is not just an American trend. Bozen's Institute produced a chart tracking manufacturing employment in Ohio over the last three decades and compared it to Germany's North Rhine-Westphalia, a similarly important manufacturing region. Now, unlike America, Germany has a trade surplus. It provides much governmental assistance for manufacturing, which is seen as at the heart of the German economy. Yet the job losses are even more pronounced in that region of Germany than in Ohio. Even China has overall been losing manufacturing jobs as its economy branches into software and services. It's also worth noting that manufacturing jobs in the U.S. are mostly held by workers who are male and white. A policy that obsessively focuses on them devalues the many good jobs in other sectors which have more women and minorities working in them. These groups being poor are also disproportionately impacted by the higher cost of tariff-affected goods. Very simply, more protectionism means more economic pain for the vast majority of America's middle-class workers. Posen points out that the chief reason for many of America's economic inequities and discontents is not open trade, 
but stingy domestic spending. He argues that all workers would gain from a more secure safety net, one in which benefits like healthcare are portable and not tied to employment. That's where misguided market economics have distorted public policy. More and better benefits of the very kind Joe Biden is now proposing would help displaced workers, reduce inequality, and improve job readiness for everyone. This is a very, very important piece. A lot of people won't see it immediately, but here's the thing. It says you have a very good social safety net untied from employment. In other words, you keep employers, you keep the plutocracy outside of the social safety net for your citizens. And then that gives you the wherewithal to create good economic policies that you can prove scientifically, that you can change as it needs to be. Now, I have one caveat to the story, and this is very important. We talk about uh, protectionism is not a good thing because it actually hurts more. It, it, it hurts your people, and, and the study ex ex shows exactly why. However, what is very important for you to understand is there are instances where a particular country needs to ensure that the entire, the totality of the manufacturing know-how also remains in the country, even if it does so at a loss. What that means is that government may have to subsidize certain industries to ensure that in the case of a shock, in the case of a pandemic in China that prevents the production of microchips that we can ramp up here in America while they take care of business. You cannot have an inter, uh, interdependent economy that flourishes uh, completely without having a local economy that itself is self-sufficient. Great piece, important piece, and again, it is almost an ad for, buy, for, for build back better. Why? Because it says a strong social safety net allows you to create great economic policy. You know, it behooves me how so many like to talk about entitlement mentality or the entitlement this or the entitlement that. And they rarely, these same people rarely ever make mention that the most entitled in this country are the wealthy people. They are the ones that do the least. And I am not just saying this for the sake of saying this. The wealthy, the very wealthy, if you take a look at their, 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 their worth to society, one immediately sees the reality is that it's a form of antiseptic slavery because others do all the work. Let's remember that. Don't be fooled by the narrative. You know, they have to keep telling people, look there. That's, who the pro that's really the problem. They have to tell you that because if you sit back and realize that as those on Wall Street, all those who move stocks around, and make a full living doing that. That what they're doing is all these transactions are occurring on your back. And I forgot that it's time for me to say, guys, please support the show. If you are on YouTube, please remember to click that join button and become a part of the PDR Posse. Just click that join button and you are a part of the PDR Posse. And if you're not on YouTube, if you're on some other network, go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. That's another way to get onto the YouTube portion of our PDR Posse. You can also join the Patreon portion of our PDR Posse. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon, politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. We need a thousand in each of those, a thousand subscriptions on each of those to really do what we want to do overall. But for the time being, let's please go ahead and choose one of those. You, Of course, we always, always, always support whatever you want to provide to keep this program going via PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. By doing so, you can either do one-time contribution or you can do what many do, which is also a, a, uh, a small monthly, um, monthly support of the program. 
Now, you can get all our books, those books that you see constantly scrolling on the screen, purchasing those books, all of them that I wrote. Uh, I can guarantee you it'll give you a good view of the system. Uh, you can get that at politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books, and uh, that supports the show as well. And don't forget, you can find all of our all of our different forms of support by simply going to politicsunright.com slash support. Politicsunright.com slash support. All right, let me go ahead and look at these different points that you're making here. Uh, politicians, let, let, let me go up a little further. Uh, Eric says, why is it okay for the drug cartels to be able to ship drugs, including fentanyl, killing thousands of people, but not okay for us to have on-time shipping and choke supply chain. What the Biden administration doing about this? Low-hanging fruit here. Get to the border under control and utilize the armed forces to direct traffic on the supply chain. Yet they are more worried about optics and their policy. Uh, one, it seems like you don't understand the Constitution. Uh, uh Two, uh, it seems like you bought the Kool-Aid again. Uh, fentanyl, you know, you know what is amazing? Look at all the people that go to jail for using drugs or doing these things with drugs. These are people that don't know how to manufacture that thing at all. What happened to the people who own the companies where all these drugs and these pills, these prescription pills that are malign, I mean, that, that, that cause harm? How comes they never end up in jail? After what, 66,000 people get killed from taking these different pain pills. How come nobody gets convicted? Ask yourself that question. Norman says, let's start with the point that all politicians are courted and compromised to some extent by the current political contribution system. Some politicians, however, are more compromised than others. The GOPC's business are the entitled constituent... Well, the, 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 the GOPC's business are the entitled uh, constituent over their voters. Most Democrats are at least developing and providing with their middle class and poor constituents. That is so, so true. All right. We also have from uh, Rose who said, oh, wait, before that, Norman had another one. Let us be straight. Starting from the onset, we have allowed all the senators to be selected by the wealthy and the corporations. Who pays the unreasonable cost for a senator to run and keep running in our system? It is not a level playing field. It's the plutocracy, exactly. They will try to get our vote afterwards. Keeping our system means we need to push all of them to keep their promises. Exactly. I'd seen one from Rose that I wanted to reread. Um, let's see what it was. Um, Rose said, there are plenty of people applying for work and they're not being contacted. Many are now saying that is the work. Uh, worker shortage is a scam. And you know what? What else, Rose? It's actually deeper. The way you get employed right now is you enter your resume into a computer system. So that's this computer system have a big database of people wanting to work. And then... They get calls, they, they get callbacks. That computer makes the selection of what's more appropriate for you based on the employer. So they will try to match employer-employee. Well, guess what? They found some bugs in the system. Is it bugs or, as you just said, is it fraud? People that have been out for work for six months, which is common in a pandemic, are automatically thrown out. They usually don't get many opportunities to work. And many of that is starting to occur. That's what's starting to occur. So a lot of people just don't get calls. People are trying to look for jobs. But likewise, people are not going to go and get some of those service jobs that will get them killed. If, if you have a store and this owner says, I'm not wanting anybody to come in here who is uh, who has a mask on or I am anti-vax, please tell me, why should you go ahead and earn minimum wage or less to work at that locale when you know your life is at risk, think about it. All right, let's see what else we got here. We have, uh, is he a full, t let's see, Egberto making excuses for the cartels. Ha, that is rich. I'm not making any excuses for the cartels. 
that I'm just redefining who the cartels are. The cartels are those bad people smuggling people over uh, the river, yes, but the cartel are also those drug companies that actually kill people. The cartel are those drug companies that prevent the healing of people by monopolizing on drugs that were that drugs that were created by us all. They are all cartels. But you see, Brother Hayes, you have been programmed with an enslaved mentality that you go after those who least can defend themselves, while the rich can pay to convince you that what you're saying makes sense, which it does not. It's that simple. Ask the room. The room will tell you. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Replying to Eric Hayes. Uh, he is 16 and was working 20 to 30 and could have... Uh, let's see, Eric Hayes, you are rich and I guess the cartels are the ones giving life-saving vaccines. Again, you choose to misunderstand. That is typical of the right, right? In other words, you know the vaccine works, but you still want to get horse manure. You still want to get... You still want to get monoclonal antibodies. You know what is so amazing to me? We have a vaccine. Not to take the vaccine, uh, people that are not functional correctly in your minds, like Alan West, who was once the leader of the Republican Party in Texas, he prefers to get the virus, takes ivermectin, takes uh, chloroquine, quin, and then takes monoclonal antibodies. He takes all of that. All of those drugs, or some of them, they cause all kind of harm to your body, right? But they're resistant to take a vaccine. And by the way, they're supposed to be Republicans efficient, and they're supposed to be marginally intelligent. The vaccine costs... $20. In reality, it should only cost like a dollar and change, but because the pharmaceutical industries are thieves, it costs a lot. One dosage of the monoclonal antibodies, not called, not talking about how much it costs to infuse, etc., $2,000. A, a regimen for the monoclonal, other monoclonal antibody, $700. Vaccine to the average American, Free, the government pays $20 for it. Duh. Uh, no, we, we, it, it, it's crazy. Why would you push the, why would you push the therapeutics that cost $2,000 as opposed to a vaccine that costs 20? Eric, please tell me why would we do that? Tell me why would we do that? Why would we do that? It makes no sense. Again, you're only fiscally responsible for things that you want in general. I'm not talking about people on the right. But otherwise, you want to do as you please. It makes absolutely no sense. All right, folks. Um, I, I don't have any other um, item to uh, discuss. I have another video, but it doesn't leave me enough time to do it. So throw messages into the feed. If anything, you want me to talk about real quickly. Rosewood and prevention first. Therapeutics, if, if only needed. Exactly. Prevention is taking a vaccine. Thank you, Rose, for the prescient statement. It's all complementary, just like climate energy solutions. No, they're not all complementary. Uh, talking about burning more fuel, to, it's not complementary. That is how thieves advertise. Okay? And it's not your way or the highway. It is what we pay for. All right, let's see. Folks, if you're just joining us on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up to help this algorithm go. If you are on Facebook as well, please consider giving us a like on Facebook. That'll help the algorithm. Roberto Lewis. Yes, yes. From Rose. What, what, what is that about? I have to look at what Rose put out there because it seemed to have gotten Roberto Lewis very excited, Rose. So I'm going to look for that. Uh, folks, if you're on YouTube, give me a thumbs up, please. Give me a thumbs up, please. Anyway, what else you guys want me to say before we get out of here? Um, we have about uh, four minutes left. I don't have enough time for my last video. So we'll go ahead with whatever you put in the feed right now. So throw something in the feed that you want me to talk about. And I'll hit that up right away. Norman says, what's the opposite as entitled? Unentitled or underserving? 
I like when you say unentitled and underserving because it actually shows what people exactly what, how they think. Everybody is entitled to a good life because they're a human being. The Republicans attempted to make entitled a bad word, just like they tried to make progressive or rather liberal a bad word. Now they're working on making progressive a bad word. In as much as progressive values help everybody from people on the right like Eric Hayes to people on the left like Egberto Willis. Amazing. How about Sylvester keeps digging him a hole in a Houston politics? I really don't care about uh, Sylvester in the Houston politics right now. His term as mayor is over. You know, fight a battle that's worth fighting. Try to get health care for other people. Let's start fighting things that are worth it instead of fighting silly, childish things. Rose Williams, Norman, your words are very insightful and thought-provoking. Norman's piece was a a work of art. Everybody needs to go back and take a look, a, a read on that. Uh, one of the reasons we posted it. My throat was getting dry. I had to get some coffee down in there. All right, folks. I still need some more uh, thumbs up on YouTube. I know there are more people there that haven't given me a thumbs up on YouTube. I'm waiting. Please be kind. Please help us with these numbers. Move with the thumbs up. If you do that, I'll be so thankful. Anyhow, folks, it's I uh, got two minutes, so let's let's do my last ask. Please remember to provide support for Politics Done Right. We are here to serve. That's what we do. Uh, the you can you can provide. Hi from us to Ashley. Ashley, you're you're getting your kudos from the PDR Posse. All right, folks, if you're on YouTube, please go ahead and consider becoming a part of our YouTube posse by going ahead and clicking that join button. If you don't see that join button, go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube, politicsunright.com slash YouTube. You can support us on Patreon as well by going to politicsunright.com slash Patreon, politicsunright.com slash Patreon. And of course, we love when you support us with PayPal as well, politicsunright.com slash PayPal. Of course, you can find the complete comprehensive four hour before that. Uh, support, get our books at politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash libros books, or you can find a comprehensive list of forms in which you can support us by going to politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. Look, we got to get out of here. I got to go ahead and get ready to go visit my daughter at her rehab center. She had a lot of rehab done today. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.